Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Hummus Tailgate Party. I am your host, Thomas Jackson. On today's episode, we will be recapping week four, looking ahead to week five in some expedited fashion. I've got a crazy busy week and weekends on both sides of it, so I'm going to have to burn through this one a little quicker than normal. But as always, thanks for listening, and we'll get started with week four right now. Lots of upsets and close calls scattered all around the top 25, especially the top 10. We'll start with number five, Clemson, beating number 21, Wake Forest, 51 to 45 in overtime. Um, This was the second leg of our Moneyline parlay to get home on our best bet. With Clemson uh, finishing the job after Kansas got a pretty easy win. Um, That was a decently competitive game with them and Duke, but we got there. The Clemson game, we had to work for quite a bit. Um, This was a really exciting high-scoring game. Uh, Wake put up a better fight than I thought they would, but they looked like the offense that they displayed in all of the 2021 season with their quarterback Sam Hartman missing a lot of fall camp and even a game to start off the season. Wasn't sure how quickly they would be able to really get back on the horse against a very good defense that Clemson has. Um, Most notably, the quarterbacks really, really shined in this matchup. DJ threw for five touchdowns and no picks, and Sam Hartman threw for six touchdowns and no picks. So a great battle between the two of those. Clemson's defense finally stepped up in overtime, stopping Wake from getting in the end zone when they had to to tie it up and extend the game. So Clemson gets a big win. Um, I mean, Wake Forest is a a good opponent. Their defense probably has some things to sort out. Of course, their defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, departed this offseason after being there for about a decade um, to go coach at Oklahoma. So they have the talent. They'll probably sort it out throughout the throughout the year, but they have no break with a huge matchup coming up this weekend that we'll talk about later. Kansas State upset number six, Oklahoma, 41 to 34. Uh, Adrian Martinez, the K-State quarterback, who you may remember from Nebraska from the past few years, had a really good day in the air, but also 148 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. So they have probably the best running back in the nation in Deuce Vaughn that we've discussed before. Uh, And he was a great decoy probably for Martinez, uh, being able to get a lot of space for himself and take over the ball game with his legs. According to Brett McMurphy on Twitter, Oklahoma has lost nine home games ever since 2012, and four of those were to Kansas State. Kansas State has won three out of the last four in this series between them and the Sooners. So they've been a huge thorn in the side of Oklahoma's, and they get another big win. Um, Kansas State, you know, we've been high on them all year. A lot of people have. They're a pretty popular sleeper, trendy team on the rise. Um, but I did not think that they'd be going into Norman and knocking them off. But I guess after reading all the stats after this game, it's more of a common occurrence than I realized. Next, we move to Dallas. Number 23, Texas A&M defeated number 10, Arkansas, 23-21. to This game is being as, dubbed as the Oink Doink uh, by many across social media. Arkansas got up to a 14-0 lead in the first quarter, and it looked like at that point there was no way that the Aggies struggling offense would be able to keep up with the hogs the game completely changed uh, towards the end of the first half when Arkansas had the ball inside the five yard line up 14 to 7 with a chance to go up uh, 21 to 7 
On first and goal, K.J. Jefferson, the Hogs quarterback, fumbled the ball. The Aggies recovered it and returned it for a 100-yard uh, scoop and score. So then instead of it being 21-7, to Hogs, right before the half, it was 14-all. Gave Texas A&M all the momentum going into the locker room, and their defense locked Arkansas up for the rest of the game, only allowing seven points in that second half. Arkansas, the oink-doink, they missed a field goal. At the towards the end of regulation, that would have given the Hogs a one-point lead, and probably the ball game um, that hit. It didn't doink off of the upright like we're used to seeing. It actually came down on the very top of the upright, which I have never seen before in my 25 years on God's green earth. I don't know if anybody's ever seen anything like that. Um, truly a one in a million, if not billion, occurrence there. And the ball, I guess at that point, could have bounced any any direction from there, but it bounced clearly out onto the field um, and was no good. And that was all she wrote for the Hogs and Aggies game in Jerry World. The Texas A&M offense, still not really where they you know want it to be, but they got it done in ugly fashion for a second straight week. After their loss to App State, it was starting to look like it could get very grim uh, with a, what we thought at the time was a good Miami team. Stop if you've heard that one before. Um, and then uh, obviously A&M beat them and then came into this game against a good Arkansas team. I still have faith in the Hogs to rally back and have a good season. So two really gritty wins from the Aggies, the defense really helped them get through both of those weeks. Now they go to another good offense um, in Mississippi State this upcoming week before they go to Tuscaloosa in uh, week six. So the Aggies, it was looking like they could be rolling into that Bama game just completely disheveled. But now if they can knock off State uh, this upcoming Saturday, they'll roll into Tuscaloosa 4-1, and one, which all things considered, I think – um, after the App State game, most people would be a little surprised if they got through this Miami-Arkansas state stretch 3-0. and But credit where credit's due, they've been finding a way, and it'll be interesting to see how they continue to progress that offense uh, going forward this season. Number 11, Tennessee beat number 20, Florida, 38-33. to We went deep dive on this game with Alex last week. Uh, we discussed how Tennessee has just struggled so bad over the years with the Gators. Tennessee finally got the monkey off their back. It was a pretty good game. Um, first win over Florida since 2016. Florida played really well. They were 5 of 6 on fourth downs. Billy Napier has that aggressive style of play where they're just going to go for it even earlier in the game. Anthony Richardson threw for 453 yards. Um, and Tennessee still finds a way. I think if you heard Anthony Richardson went for 453 before the game, you'd think that Tennessee probably would find a way to drop another one of these to Florida, but their offense obviously rose to the occasion. It was a super, super, super loud crowd there in Knoxville, and it's looking more and more like Tennessee will be undefeated on the third Saturday of October if they can get past a limping LSU team this upcoming weekend. Number seven, USC defeated Oregon State 17-14. to I thought this game would be higher scoring, but I thought the Beavers would keep it close within a touchdown. The Beavers had control and the lead for a lot of this game. 
Um, they, their defense did a tremendous job of keeping this USC high-octane offense in check. Caleb Williams only went 16 for 36 with 180 yards, uh, but had a big touchdown at in the fourth quarter to Jordan Adderson, their star receiver who transferred over from Pitt in the offseason, Belitnikoff winner from last year. Um, interesting stat I stumbled upon when looking through all of this game's info. USC was plus four in turnovers this game, and they still only won by three. They lead the country uh, in turnover margin at plus 14 through only four weeks. So they're averaging three and a half turnovers in their favor uh, per game. They have not given the ball away once this year. So that's something interesting to keep it, keep your eye on. That will certainly, you know, level out as the season goes on. Certain defenses, Iowa's uh, another good example. They're always up towards the top of the country in turnover margin. So the defensive and special teams, you know, units on these teams that have these super high turnover margins deserve a lot of credit because they're clearly doing something right. But there's also a bit of luck that plays into the stat when it's just so extreme like this, especially so early in the season. So it'll probably level out. And when they play other opponents who are a little more careful with the ball, uh, maybe more likely to force USC to make some mistakes themselves. Uh, the Trojans might having start having some more trouble um, when they get into the Utahs of the schedule um, if they can't have a game with three and a half turnovers in their favor. But they got it done. Hard place to play in Corvallis at nighttime. Uh, it's just one of those kind of funky, weird, late-night Pac-12 stadiums where upsets tend to happen more often than other places in the country, even with a normally subpar team. Um, but I come out of this game feeling good about both of these teams, Oregon State, you know, you don't get credit for, for the loss, but playing this team this close after how good USC had looked the first three weeks, I think that they can probably build on that going forward. And USC having to lean on their defense and really grind one out this early in the season will probably help them in some tight situations down the road. Now some uh, quicker hitters that will just go over the score and maybe a brief, brief thought. Ohio State defeated Wisconsin. That's the number three Buckeyes, um, 52 to 21 in Columbus. Wisconsin definitely been down the last couple years. Not the type of team that's given Ohio State troubles like they have in many years past. Um, but the Buckeyes, it really wasn't even as close as that score makes it seem. They had total control the whole game and flexed their big guns on both sides of the ball. Number four, Michigan beat Maryland 34 to 27. Maryland's not great, but they do have a pretty high-octane offense. And I, you know, Michigan has played the easiest September in the whole country probably. So just getting through this game and getting more into the meat of their Big Ten grind um, is good for them. And Maryland's not a bad team, even though Michigan uh, was expected to win by a few more. Number eight, Kentucky struggled with Northern Illinois. They only won that game 31 to 23. I think this was probably a look ahead spot for the Cats going to a big matchup in Oxford next weekend, uh, but they got it done. Number 15, Oregon beat Washington State 44 to 41. This game, Oregon just got off of their big win against BYU. So I think even though it was close, just getting the win, look forward, be happy with it. Bo Nix uh, really flexed in this game. He threw for 428 yards and three touchdowns. They're getting settled in as the Ducks play caller. Uh, number 17, Baylor beat Iowa State 
31 to 24. The Bears are now the favorites to win the Big 12 after they bounce back after the BYU loss, which obviously doesn't affect their conference schedule, at least for now, until Big 12 gets uh, BYU. But with Kansas and, or with, excuse me, Texas and Oklahoma both losing, Baylor now is in the driver's seat of the Big 12, along with Kansas, who beat Duke 35 to 27. Both of these quarterbacks played amazing. Um, Kansas, their win total for the entire season was three, and they already covered that at 4-0 for the Jayhawks. They were the last team to not get into the AP Top 25, sitting at number 26, if you look at the you know ones who are on the outside looking in. Kansas hasn't been ranked since 2009, so if the Jayhawks can get another dub this weekend as they host Iowa State, then they will definitely be seeing their first ranking in 13 years. So good for Kansas, <clears throat> someone who won't be ranked anymore. Uh, number 25, Miami, lost to Middle Tennessee State, 45-31. to 31. This one uh, sounded like Middle Tennessee State was just absolutely air-raiding the Miami secondary, and they had no hopes in catching up and stopping that offense. So even though Miami... I was a little high on them going into the year, and even after the Texas A&M game, you figure they should be able to bounce back and take care of most of their ACC opponents. Um, this is just more of the same from what we've seen from the Hurricanes, disappointing head-scratching losses for the you know, past decade plus at this point. I don't even know. Number 22, Texas lost to Texas Tech in Lubbock. 37 to 34 in overtime. I'm sure everyone has seen the fantastic field rushing videos from this game, including the horns down in Fluffy Bevo's face. Uh, Texas, <laughs> they felt like they had a lot of momentum after the one point loss to Alabama. And we're, again, just like Miami, back where we've been for the past many years, dropping games that just should not happen with the talent discrepancy that exists between those two schools. They've still got a lot to figure out in Austin. Um, on the Plains, Auburn defeated Missouri 17-14 to in overtime. Probably the most ass-backwards way to fall into a win that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, reports were going all around before this game. Unsurprisingly, that Harson would be fired with a loss. I was listening to Josh Pate's podcast earlier, and he went in-depth on this whole situation which I'm not going to have time for uh, today, but we'll probably be talking about it very in-depth very soon. Um, you have to imagine that some of the Auburn brass and powers that be were not even happy about this win because of how they won the game. Missouri missing basically a PAT at the end of regulation that would have won the game. And then as the running back is walking into the end zone, he stretches the ball out and just chunks it out the back for a touchback. And the game was over after Auburn had made a field goal in the top half of overtime. So, you know, what if Auburn comes out and beats LSU in a similar fashion this week? I LSU should not be losing to this team, but we all know how weird that game gets and seems to be every single year. So, yeah, I mean, at this point, they're just – are they if they went out until they played Georgia, if they beat LSU, then they play Georgia the next week, are they going to 
fire him after they lose to the number one team in the country on the road. Like, I don't know if they get a couple more wins, how long they're going to kick the can down the road. But this just seems like a miserably awkward situation for everyone involved. Um, Auburn continues to just shoot themselves in the foot. Notre Dame beat North Carolina 45-32. to I was surprised about this one. Uh, it took a defense as bad as UNC's to finally let Notre Dame's offense wake up. Thought UNC's offense would be able to put up more than 32 points because they've at least looked good uh, for the Tar Heels this year, but they were not able to keep up with their defense, letting up touchdowns practically every drive of the game. <clears throat> Minnesota beat Michigan State 34-7. to This was a pretty shocking result. Michigan State has now had it handed to them a couple times in a row after the Washington lost on, loss on the road um, last week. Michigan State gave Mel Tucker $95 million um, last year, and now they're 2-2 two and two with two blowout losses. The Gophers are 4-0 and a really good start for them uh, as they seem to be Probably the favorites in the Big Ten West now. They were our pick to win that Big Ten West, which was a hard one to sort out, but Minnesota seems stable, and the Gophers have it rolling right now. That's it for week four. We will look ahead to week five now. College game day is in Clemson as the number five Tigers take on the number 10 NC State Wolfpack. This is at 630 Central. Both of these teams undefeated. Both of these teams have high hopes for this year. NC State, um, you know, they weren't really a pot, like playoff level pick, but definitely a team that looks like they had the potential to end up in a New Year's Six Bowl. And if this matchup this weekend goes in their favor, then the ACC and playoffs are theirs to lose. So the Wolfpack... It's a big test for them going to Clemson at nighttime, but they've got a veteran team, veteran QB, and have definitely been in tough situations before. NC State, you know, they, they seem to lose a lot of the small games and find their way into upsetting big, te big teams like this every so often. So I think this should be a really fun competitive game at nighttime. Number seven, Kentucky goes to Oxford to play number 14, Ole Miss. This is at 11 a.m. Central. Um, both of these teams still undefeated. Ole Miss has had a really easy schedule so far. This is their first real test of the year. But their offense has been looking pretty good. We know about Kentucky by now getting the big win at Florida. And the Cats have been one of the most stable teams um, in college football the past few years, really. So this will be a good matchup. Um, in Oxford, number two, Alabama, goes to number 20, Arkansas. That's the 230 CBS game. I think this is going to be a really tough game for the Tide. This game would have had a little more, you know, smoke behind it if Arkansas was able to hold on to the lead against Texas A&M last weekend. But Bama's really struggled on the road ever since the uh, 2020 season was over where there were basically no crowds anywhere all of last year. Uh, there were games, Florida, Texas A&M, Auburn, and so far this year, the only road game that Bama's had to play at Texas. Bama's really struggled in hostile environments. This stadium will definitely be uh, pretty wild on Saturday, and you know, quarterback like K.J. Jefferson can definitely take the game over. So Bama's had a couple weeks to get their ducks in a row after the scare in Austin, um, but... 
even as a 17 point favorite, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I could see this one being close in the second half. And I think Arkansas is going to put up a good fight. Number nine, Oklahoma state plays at number 16 Baylor at two thirty as well. This is going to be a great game. Um, these two teams played in the big 12 championship game last year and had one of the more entertaining finishes um, in the postseason in a long time as Baylor ended up winning that game on a goal line stand. Um, I think I like the Bears in this game, but I expect it to be basically just as close as the last time they met. Um, I'm high on both of these teams, but I give Baylor the slight edge. Number 17, Texas A&M goes to Mississippi State at 3 o'clock. State is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, their offense has been... Highly regarded uh, all season. They did not show up like they needed to in the second half in Baton Rouge a couple weeks ago, um, which is why LSU came back and routed State in the third and fourth quarters to end up winning that game. Um, But this will be interesting to see if State can get up a couple scores early like Arkansas did. Will the A&M defense be able to keep them in check? Will the Aggies offense be able to generate enough on their own to keep up with the passing attack there in Starkville. I like State, but A&M's proved me wrong the past two weeks in a row, so I'll probably be staying away from this one. And lastly, we've got LSU at Auburn at 6 o'clock on the Plains. Really don't know what to make out of this. LSU, uh, the line opened up around a touchdown, and it's already gone a couple more points in LSU's favor, minus 9 the last time I saw it. LSU definitely should win this game without many problems, but we're still trying to figure them out as well. Like I said, going to be really interesting to see if Auburn loses this game. They might fire Harson immediately. I don't. I don't know. Uh, they play Georgia the next week, so <laughs> anyone's guess is as good as mine at this point. What if Auburn wins in a similar fluky manner? I mean, you have to imagine if Auburn does knock off this LSU team that's undoubtedly more talented than them, there's just going to be some weird shit happening in Jordan-Hare at nighttime. And these are two of the weirdest teams always every year uh, with stuff like that. So we'll just have to see. Um, I expect LSU to get it done, but another one where I wouldn't put a single hard-earned dollar of mine anywhere close to this spread between these two weird, (laughs) unpredictable, and confusing teams. So that's all I've got. Quick little episode. We'll be back next week, uh, back in the normal groove when I have some time to breathe in life. Uh, Thank you for listening. Everybody enjoy the games, and we'll see you soon.